more than 90% of people polled, and quite honestly, I think it's even 99 to 100%, do say that they consider their pet a family member. You know, it's really important that this, this thing living with you is also going to mesh well with who you're going to date. It's kind of like they want to get the approval of the pet. Do you like this person? And then they also are looking, does this person at least like my pet? They don't have to like every pet in the world. They just need to like your pet. (laughs) And it is that important. Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. On this episode, I'm talking to the founder of a dating app just for single pet lovers. Cheryl Mathis came up with the idea for what is now an app called Fetch-A-Date when she got her first greyhound while living in New York City. She discovered the power of having a great wing pet to make the introduction to potential new friends. Since then, she's hosted events, written a book, launched a website, and an app for the Google Play and Apple App Store. With so many great experiences to pull from, Cheryl and I talk about everything from COVID dating and dog-friendly date ideas to trademarks and website hosting. This is exactly why I love talking to other women in the pet industry. Even if we're talking about business and tech issues, we know that we're all pet lovers at the core, and somehow that means we just get each other. Come connect with other like-minded women in the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group. It's the best place to experiment with new ideas for your pet business and be a part of our community. Just search Facebook for Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs. Cheryl Mathis is the founder of Fetch a Date, where pet lovers meet, an app where single pet lovers create a profile to fetch, match, and date other pet lovers. She also coaches pet people on finding their positive soulmate, realize their strengths, and discover their perfect match in her eight-week positive dating system. From the moment Cheryl got her first greyhound, people on the streets of New York City started talking to her. It was then that she knew the secret sauce to dating, friendships, and love, its fellow pet lovers. Cheryl has appeared on tons of media outlets, including Animal Planet, E!, The New York Times, Entrepreneur Magazine, Bravo, and many more. She's also the best-selling author of Leashes and Lovers, What Your Dog Can Teach You About Love, Life, and Happiness. Hello, Cheryl. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tori. Thanks for having me on. Yes, I'm so excited to talk all about everything that you're doing. I feel like I am bombarded with messages about dating all the time because I am super duper single. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's and perfect course, for fetch a date. We do want single people in there. <laughs> yes. And of course, people are always like, oh, you have to find someone who loves dogs as much as you do, because it really is a very important part of my life. So if you could kind of take us back in time and tell us about this kind of light bulb moment that you had of why this app needed to 
exist. And it really was a light bulb moment because I didn't know I was setting out to do this. You know, it just kind of happened. Uh, It wasn't one of those things that I thought from the time I was five years old of, I'm going to start a dating app one day. (laughs) Yeah. So, but the reason it actually happened more on a friendship level for me. And then, but I realized the light bulb moment was it really would help single people. And I was living in New York City at the time and hadn't had a, a dog as an adult yet, but I had lots of pets when I was a kid growing up. So we were in the city and that was when I realized I need a dog. I just, I have to have a dog in my life. And so I got a greyhound and pretty much the first time I took her out to walk her, all of a sudden, everyone in New York city became nice and friendly and approachable. And they were approaching me and they were asking questions about my dog. And I, and then that was the light bulb moment. I was like, oh my God, this is the secret sauce to just getting to know others. And I've always been an outgoing person, but yet you know, when you're in certain environments, you just kind of do your own thing. You don't look people in the eye, especially in the city, but it just, it really changed my world. And I knew that that was um, really just the way to help others and to, you know, get uh, connect with others. Yeah. So I, I can totally relate. Uh, I think that having dogs they become, and you even have this in some of your marketing, like your wing man or your wing pet, um, because they really do help you meet people and kind of break the ice on their own. Just when you're out in the world with your dog. Um, and I was, it's funny because I was thinking about this interview. I was walking my dogs this morning and people always tell you, if you want to meet someone, you should, you know, do what you love. You know, maybe you'll meet someone at the dog park. Well, I've been going to the dog park for 20 years. <laughs> I've been walking <laughs> my dogs for 20 years and I've never met a romantic interest there. So, you know, what do you think is different about taking it onto an app and, and what's different about your dating app? Yeah, you touched on so many important things. Well, first, more than 90% of people polled, and quite honestly, I think it's even 99 to 100%, do say that they consider their pet a family member. So, you know, it's really important that this this thing living with you is also going to mesh well with who you're going to date. Um, So it's kind of like they want to get the approval of the pet. Do you like this person? And then they also are looking, does this person at least like my pet? They don't have to like every pet in the world. They just need to like your pet. (laughs) And it is that important. I know when I used to run these events too, when I lived in New York and it did several of them and interviewed hundreds of dog owners. And especially when women were involved, they all said, if the person doesn't like my pet, there won't even be a second date. So it really is that important, but it's funny you bring up the dog park. Yeah. So you think that would be like the most perfect place. Let's just go to dog park and we'll find love. Um, but the chances, you know, they get very narrow because a lot of times doesn't mean everybody at the dog park is single. First of all, a lot of times they're actually dog walkers, you know, watching other people's dogs. Uh, they could be in a relationship. They just may not be your even your type, because I mean, having the common bond is so important that, um, that they are at least a fellow pet lover. And that's kind of the the meat too, of why fetch a date is different because there's lots of dating apps out there, right? Um, there's even one where you can connect if you both like pizza. Oh, are you cheat? Do you like cheese well, pizza? Like or, yeah. Everyone, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you've narrowed down nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But at least, you know, when you come to fetch a date that everyone who's there 
I, is, is a pet lover of some type, you know, and then it may, uh, come down to, well, maybe they have a really big dog and you're really more into small dogs or, or they have a cat and you're allergic. So you can kind of decipher from there, but it's, it's very comforting, I think, to know that at least you're in the right pool. So, okay. You would have that at the dog park, but again, you know, on the dating site, you would imagine that everybody should be single. Um, and, and also you, I'm glad you brought up about the wing pet. There's one thing I wanted to do different. And as business owners, right, we're always kind of looking like, how can I make my business different, even though I have competition, but what can I still do to stand out and be different? And I really always felt like they were the, the wingman, but instead we're like, but they're a pet. So they'll be, they're your wing pet. And um, I went ahead and trademarked the name. There's one thing I definitely learned to do along the way, the importance of trademarking your business names and such. Uh, and your pet is actually the one to introduce you on the, on the app. So they see your pet first and there's science behind this. And a lot of surveys where, um, and one of them even was that two and five singles actually admit to swiping right on a profile simply because they wanted to meet the person's pet. They're like, yeah, guilty. Hey, I've done that. <laughs> or I've, I've seen a profile that I really wanted to swipe right on <laughs> because of the pet, but I knew that was not a very responsible choice. <laughs> Well, on fetch a date, it is. It's perfectly fine. And, you know, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? So you swipe right. As soon as you swipe right, then you'll, uh, and if they did on you or what have you, you guys are a match. So you just strike up a conversation. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You move on to the next person. But I think we can all these days be cordial, right? It's not that hard to be like, oh, your pet looks really fun. Hey, I had a golden two when I was a kid or, you know, and, and you decide from there if you want to carry on the conversation. But I think it's, if one thing I love about pet people is we seem to be happier and more engaging. So it's fine to just have the conversation. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, we talk to people all the time when we're with our pets, yeah. In li little casual back and forth. So there's no reason to make it awkward just because you're online. Yeah. And so maybe you just talk about the pets and then you realize if it, if you want to go further or not. Um, and then sometimes they can be an easy out. Oh yeah. My dog doesn't like that kind of breed. <laughs> yeah. My dog doesn't get along well with others. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or I don't get well along. <laughs> yeah. I'd say they could kind of be your scapegoat, right? <laughs> Um, so, okay. So you mentioned trademarking and the term wing pet, and I've just noticed in all of your marketing, you really have a way with words. And I see people in the pet industry trying to do this all the time, putting cute little punny animal related <laughs> words in everything, but there's a way to do it right. And a way to kind of not do it right. Cause people still have to understand what you're saying. Um, it's really important. So do you have any advice or, or how did you kind of hone this skill for, for writing in such a fun way? Yeah. I'm glad you noticed. And, and it <laughs> well, is I'm a big, fun. I'm a word nerd. Yeah. Um, and a couple of people who are, are listening will probably understand that reference. I'm a word nerd. <laughs> so I did notice. Yeah. Oh, good. I, one thing I found, I used to be a news reporter in a few different markets before this. And while I had the hard news stories or the spot news where, you know, maybe something happened uh, right then. And so it's breaking news, but I also got to do a lot of the feature stories. And 
personally, they were my favorites. Um, it's funny. A lot of people would fight over having that lead story. I'm like, give me the feature one that runs at the end of the newscast any day. <laughs> and what I loved about them is because you got more of a chance to just express yourself. They were more lighthearted. You got to have some fun. So even when I did those, um, sometimes I got to do stories that involved pets. And so what I found even in writing that, it was a great training because I learned you could stick in a couple of them, but if you get beyond three, it's a little too much. So um, it's fun to do that, and but not don't go over the top. Don't get too cutesy, uh, but certainly sprinkle some in, you know. And I think our audience likes that too, and, and has fun with it and gets it. Yeah, well, I think it's important to know your audience because if your brand is more cutesy puppies, kittens you can kind of go more in that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have a lot of kind of dating and love slash pet inspired puns, you know, that kind of target your audience more. Yeah. 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 So it's, you can certainly work them in. I mean, Hey, do what you want and come up with your own terms. Like I came up with wing pets. So, and I was really excited that a, I got the domain for it and it was available. Um, I highly recommend that too. If you come up with certain things, grab the domains of it. And then, um, and then trademarked it. Yeah. And for the trademarking, what kind of, what's that process like? It's really not so hard. You can do it yourself. You go to USTPO.gov and first you can do a little basic word search to see if if it is live or dead. And then you find a category, you give a brief description, usually need to show a picture of it in use. Uh, so a screenshot or something, you know, is it on your app? Is it on your website? You need to prove to them that you're actually using that name and then you submit it. And it takes about six months on average, I would say, to find out. Sometimes they'll write you back and say they need a little more clarification or maybe another picture. Um, and I would suggest also if it is a logo or a saying like mine's the wing pet um, to, to include what the image of it looks like too. So that way it kind of reinforces how you're using it. They see the look of it as well. And they can see how unique it is. That, that's that's mm-hmm. an important part to getting, getting yes. trademarked. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not just the name. And then you get it in that classification. Um, one thing I would suggest to you, well, you know, you, know, you can always get a lawyer for this. So uh, it's it's more of a basic thing, but a lawyer to do, file these two is, is not a lot of money. Also. Um, the, the unfortunate thing, I guess, in a way, what I realized too, is a trademark is only good in the United States. So you can trademark it for other countries, but then that's something to discuss probably with a lawyer. You know, do you, do you think it warrants that? Um, but I did have a place one time in another country who wanted to use one of my other names. And I said, no, I don't think they would go for that. And then that was when I learned that they kind of could because, um, it really is only for the United States if you file here. That yeah, I, I have heard that coming up in other other kind of um, contexts with other people before. So definitely something to think about. Do you wish that you could create merch like t-shirts and mugs for your pet business, but you don't want all that inventory sitting around and who has time to manage shipping out orders? A few years ago, I discovered that print-on-demand allows you to sell high-quality products with zero inventory or trips to the post office. I'd rather walk my dog than pack up orders. From October 18th to 22nd, I am hosting a free 
five-day challenge that will introduce you to a new revenue stream for your pet business. During this challenge, I'll help you discover what your pet-obsessed audience will be begging to buy and set up your first ready-to-sell product, all in just five days. Over 200 petpreneurs and pupfluencers went through this challenge with me last year, and I loved to see the products that they created and went on to sell. The five-day on-demand products for Pet Lovers Challenge is happening October 18th to 22nd. You can grab your free spot at wearwagrepeat.com slash product dash challenge. I hope to see you in there. Getting us back to to you and and your (laughs) talents and all the things that you do. Um, So in addition to this app, you also have written a book and you also do dating coaching. How does, how does it all kind of work together and, and what came first? Yeah. The chicken or the egg or the pup or the kitten. (laughs) Um, Well, what came first was, so when I realized, okay, this is a great way for people to meet and I wanted to actually make it a TV show. And I still have that dream someday that this could be and that I help connect pet lovers and connect them and see how their dates go and guide them along the way. And so I made a pilot for that. And then in the meantime, it's not, not as easy as you would think, darn it, to get a TV show off the ground. So in the meantime, I thought, well, I'll do these events. And so started holding these events in Manhattan at different, more like shishi lounges, martini lounges, that type of thing. And because I had been a news reporter, I wanted to interview people too and find out well, how does, how does it work when they date or uh, if the person has a pet or doesn't have a pet, is that better or is it worse? Do you both want to have the pet, but then do they get along? Uh, what happens when they go out? Does uh, one person, do they tend to stay at one person's place more than the other? Does the pet sleep in the bed? And so just got so much uh, information that I thought this would be interesting fodder for a book. So I did turn it into a book. So that came, that was the next step. And then as time went by, People were wanting us to do these parties in other locations. And, and instead, I thought, well, the easier thing would be is if they could just go make a profile online and meet where they are. Like, don't they don't have to wait. Don't wait for a, for a party, you know, because you might not want to wait six months or a year or if it does happen in your location. So just wanted to give access to everyone possible. And so it was a website. And then uh, just this year, though, and over the pandemic, we're building and creating a newer platform and a style that I'm really excited about in terms of the look and the feel, feel and the user experience and made it into an app. So now it's available on Google Play and in the App Store. So speaking of uh, the pandemic, do you think that more people were using dating apps like yours during the pandemic versus before? Oh, they definitely are. Yeah, all the the big ones, right, have definitely seen huge jumps. Um, for instance, Match reported a 23% increase even just in the first quarter uh, compared to a year ago. And they also had mentioned how uh, Tinder had seen, it was literally like 300 billion swipes um, <laughs> oh in a day. Yeah. In a day, even <laughs> I, know, I thought I'll take just even a 0. 0.001. Right. <laughs> yeah. Of that. Um, but they, they recorded their highest number of swipes 
and um, OkCupid saw a 700% increase. Bumble has as well. So, you know, really, I mean, people can't go out. So if you wanted to date, it was the alternative. And what I love and what I encourage, especially with the, the coaching that I do, is I want people to stick with it more this way in the beginning. You know, rather than take all that time and get ready and you go to a coffee shop or wherever it may be that you're going to go. And even if you get the pets out, it's just, you know, this way you can have more quality dates by just first jumping on uh, a video call, you know, chatting, chatting in the app, I think is even best first. And then if they're worthy, (laughs) you feel like it's worthy to take that next step. Okay. Let's, let's see each other now for real beyond the pictures and such. And let's have a, let's have a chat to, um, to do that first virtually. And you can show each other's pets right there and, and see if it's worthy of them heading outdoors. Yeah. I think that was the best part about dating in the pandemic, or that's, that's one of the things that I think should continue is being cautious. Yeah. (laughs) I guess being safe. Um, you know, I think that we, you know, thought about safety and dating in a a different way before the pandemic, because in the pandemic, you're like, I don't want to get COVID. Um, but so we were all very careful to, to video call. And I saved myself a lot of time just doing video calls and being like, oh yeah, this is not worth meeting in person. Right. Uh, and then a couple of the dates that I did go on were walks in the park. Cause you, cause everything was closed. And mm-hmm. I actually, um, you know, since things have opened up, I went on a date at a bar and I wished it had been a, a walk in the park instead, <laughs> yes. you know? So I think that we should kind of bring that back or get, or keep that going. Um, and that's very pet friendly, of course. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Let's, uh, Make that more like the third or fourth date. Yeah, right. Yeah. A walk in the park. Everyone thought it sounded so like cheesy, (laughs) but I think it's a great date. That's what I'm going to suggest. I think going forward, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I think first, yeah, the chat, then the video call, and then just a simple walk outdoors with the pets or, or alone either way. I think with pets is even more ideal. Because yeah. then you you can also get a sense from your pets and them with your pets too. But that way you at least truly get to talk. And I think one silver lining or a silver lining from the pandemic too is we're all more eager to have conversation. And I think real conversations now, right? Um, so we want to get a little more in depth. You can't get that sometimes when you're in a bar and the music is loud or you're at the movie theater and you really can't talk there. Um, so I think it's just, it's kind of bringing us back to nature and, and who we are and at our core. And there's a reason why we usually got a pet because we like to, uh, just kind of settle in, right. And take the moment in or talk about what you enjoy with your pet. And it doesn't, and beyond the, uh, and I have different blogs where I give lots of ideas on things to do and where to go for a date. Uh, but you know, what's really cool is going kayaking with your pet, right. Or, there's uh, even shopping. A lot of stores are very pet friendly, mm-hmm. but just yeah, getting out in the outdoors. If a man suggested to go kayaking with our dogs on like our first or second date, I would be like ready to marry him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like done. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it is so fun. I did that. So when I was doing those events, we actually did a kayaking venture and adventure and I took my Greyhound and I never would have thought of that actually at first. I, 
a greyhound kayaking, really? <laughs> but she loved it. And she was so cute. And she got down at the bottom inside of the kayak and just plopped her little pointy head out. And we had a ball. I mean, it was, I, I'm with you. I think, I think you're right onto something. Yeah. Go hiking. Uh, yeah. or That's very fun. Very mm-hmm. fun. Um, so I want to ask you, um, I, I kind of like two more questions for you. Um, one is work and one is pet related. Uh, but in, in terms of work, is there anything that you know now after doing the book, the events, the website, the app, all this stuff, what do you know now that you wish you knew back at the beginning before you started all of this? Well, one thing I definitely did learn was I, in the beginning, and hopefully many people don't do this now, but I let my web person be the one to host my website. And it maybe happened more years ago where people would be like, oh, and I can do your hosting and I can do all this. And I, and I thought I knew enough to say, well, I want to make sure that the hosting is at least housed in the United States, not somewhere overseas. Oh, no, it's all fine. There are servers. It's all fine. Um, and then later, it, it wasn't so fine. It didn't turn out well. The server went down. We couldn't get the info back. They had to put in a trouble ticket. It was just one of those things where you're waiting like three days. And and what I realized was, oh my God, I don't own anything then when everything can go away and I don't have access to it. So my biggest lesson from that, ever since that happened, I always make sure any domain names, they're in my name. I set those up. Mm -hmm. If I'm hosting, I set it at least with a big name company, you know, where you can call customer service <laughs> and there's, there's plenty of them that out there, but, um, but I don't go with like the small person regarding that anyway. Uh, so, and then the, there's just one second thing I would encourage is the moment you can start to get help though, get help, like have somebody help with your social media, have somebody, even though I write a lot and you were, we were talking you write a lot. Uh, but if you can get assistance and things like that, that sort of free up your time so you can go make more the customer sales or the clients or the bigger vision on what are your next steps for your business to, to focus there. Yeah. I, I love the advice about the website and just making sure that you have access to edit it yourself too, yes. and, and that you back up everything. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think I've had all those things happen. <laughs> yeah, and then well, set, set we all the domain to auto the renew. Way. The first yeah. year I did this, I didn't think to do that. And next day I was like, why is the site down? <laughs> oh, it was just up for renewal. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Yeah. We all learn those things the hard way. Um, so then my final question, uh, is about your pets and your dogs who inspired you to do this. Um, I think it was your greyhound. Mm -hmm. You could tell us how she came into your life. Oh, Shiraz was my first one. And I did not realize how much I could love a dog. I, like I said, I even had dogs before, but I think we all maybe have that certain soul spirit of a pet, uh, you know, and, and if we're blessed to even have one of those, I mean, I love my other dogs and they're funny and um, I enjoy my time with them, but I'm really blessed that as an adult, that that first one was even like that soul dog for me. Um, she just opened up my world to, I mean, now a business opportunity, meeting people I don't think I ever would have met. And she was just such a godsend. She even discovered someone who was um, ready to have a seizure and then had a seizure. And I didn't even know that quality about her. 
Um, so she was just, yeah, she was, ended up being a uh, certified therapy dog. Um, she was just incredible. So, uh, and I, and the greyhound breed was the first time I had even experienced that was with her. So I've had two more sons here and I encourage people that if you're wondering, you know, what dog to get or another dog, the greyhound is like having a cat in a dog's body because they're actually really low maintenance, which I personally like, cause I like to, I need to get things done, but I want to <laughs> have a companion and have that dog near me. They're just so happy to just lay by you, uh, lay on your couch or <laughs> cuddle up with you, uh, and just chill. And is there a greyhound rescue that you like to work with or that you recommend? I've worked with several of them and it's a little different nowadays because they are closing a lot of the tracks, which is, which is good. I, I think in some respects, um, but so there's some of those rescues may have either disappeared, which is um, kind of their mission, I think, too, that they don't have to need, need to have a job one right. day. Interesting. But um, yeah, but you can Google them in your area and there's lots of different ones, especially where there are still racetracks nearby. But um, but I'm telling you, you know, getting a dog, sometimes some dogs now are difficult. I've tried getting another greyhound and um, I'm on the hunt for one. Oh, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, kind of like with the shelters when they were emptying out and everything. Right. I mean, it's, they're starting to fill back up though a little bit. I think people going back to work and realizing um, that maybe it's not working, but, but they did empty out a lot, which was fantastic to see. So yeah, yeah. but get, getting a dog these days a little bit is a, a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah. You have to be patient and just, yeah, I guess go on, go on fetch dates and see if you can find a guy with a greyhound while you're married, but <laughs> Well, the, oh, I forgot to mention the other thing you can do in fetch a date. So if you're in between pets at the moment, uh, we actually have several virtual pets that you can pick from. So there's a, there's different dog breeds and cats in there, but, uh, oh, and look, see your dog's all happy. Is that, Bert? yes, she, that, that's Lucy. <laughs> she's, Lucy. She's the loud mouth. Bert's usually quiet next to uh, me, but Lucy yeah. is demanding attention. <laughs> she's like, oh, I like this topic. Yes. Sign up Tori. <laughs> Um, but we have diff- lots of different virtual pets. So you can even pick a pig, a parrot, a fish, a turtle. Uh, and they're just fun, you know, funny animated ones that you can select the- in there in the meantime, just because they still would say something about you. I think any pet is a reflection of what you like to do and who you are as a person. So uh, especially, I think, for those people who may pick a snake, you know, but that well, that, say that's fun. Them. I like that you can yeah. have people who are between pets. Mm hmm. And I like how you even phrase that. It's not that they don't have a pet. They're just between pets. Yeah. In between pets at the moment. Yeah. So um, Cheryl, thank you so much for, for this really interesting conversation. We covered so much. Uh, if someone wants to check out Fetch a Date, how can they find you? The easiest, quickest place is just go to fetchadate.com and you can click on there for which um, app is your phone is most uh, coordinated with. Okay, cool. And then they can find you on social media and um, look at all your wonderful content. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at teamistic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. 
some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wearwagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.